This week on Retronauts. But look, I got some cool pogs. Elf pogs. Remember Elf? He's back in pod form. You traded my soul for pogs? Hey everybody, it's me, Bob Mackey, your host of Retronauts, and this is Retronauts Live, episode 44. Today's topic is a 90s grab bag, because this is our 90s week, sort of. And today, which is Thursday and tomorrow, we're going to have plenty of articles about the 90s on our site. But before I get into anything uh, super detailed, let's go on to introduce our guest for today. Who do we have to the right of me? Uh, Marty Sleva, editor for 1UP. What are you doing, Marty? Uh, I'm just I'm, I'm hanging out. Hanging out. I'm excited to talk about the '90s. Awesome, yeah. Jose. <laughs> Jose. Whoa. What's your oh, name, nice. Jose? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not Jose. It's uh, Jose Otero. Awesome. And, uh, I hate the '90s, but that's not my topic. Jose hates the '90s. <laughs> yeah. He was he was not hired by VH1 nope, five not years at ago, all. or however long that was. Just, yes, I, like, like I said, today's topic is going to be just a, a variety of '90s topics because we're hard at work uh, writing articles about the decade uh, for you guys. But first, uh, there's actually some retro news worth speaking about. So it's been a while since we've actually done a real, uh, not real episode, but a standard episode. And uh, we've missed uh, a few releases uh, over the past month or so. And I just wanted to go over a few of those right now. Uh, we actually have a number of Game Gear games on the 3DS eShop. And according to uh, Jeremy, who's been playing a few of these, uh, the emulation is pretty awesome. Have you guys uh, yeah, checked it out? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah I, I bought Sonic, the uh, yeah. Sonic game. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I, I know that M2 uh, sort of made their own emulator for the 3DS. And from what I understand... You don't need like a special like secret code to get the proper uh, resolution. You can just uh, like go to it from a menu within yeah, the game. Yeah. yeah, that's the way it should be. I mean, the yeah. idea of holding like select and start uh, to do that on most virtual console games always felt weird because yeah. it was something you had to tell someone to do. Yeah, uh, even the system doesn't tell you to do that. Yeah, technically. And it, it's kind of a shame that this yeah. effort is going. I wouldn't say going to waste on Game Gear games, but uh, Game Gear is not the. I don't know. I don't think it should be the highest priority for proper emulation. I mean, it's good to see, but I mean, there's not a quite. There's not a lot of Game Gear games that are must plays. Like, yeah. I can't really think of more than a few. They're putting uh, putting a lot of hard work into something that's going to fall on a pretty small audience. I'd right. Say. And uh, the games we have, let me go over them really quick. Um, we have Sonic the Hedgehog, Triple Trouble. Who has played this? Anybody? I did. Um, oh, right. Jose, uh, please uh, tell us about Triple Trouble. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I'm not the biggest Sonic fan in general, so that'll probably piss people off. But, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's, it's a Game Gear Sonic game that still has an intro that looks like Green Hills and, and right. the Green Hill Zone. and. I don't know. The the animation's a little jerky, but that's more the platform of that time. But yeah. it is cool to that uh, a lot of the options in in the Game Gear emulation series are, are are very like 
different to what, how Nintendo handles it. So what I like is that. Triple Trouble a reference to? Do we know? I don't even know. I didn't so play the original like one. Sonic, yeah. Tails, and Knuckles together? I, I remember or? the Game Gear, but it was Knuckles. Huge. Yeah. Okay, this is a pre-Knuckles world. Got yeah, it. This uh, is, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I had a friend with a Game Gear, and it didn't seem like the... The where the Mario portable games try to sort of be their own thing, mm-hmm. the Sonic Game Gear games are very much seemingly like trying to uh, not rip off, but sort of just deliver the same experience, but in yeah. a smaller package. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, there's nothing super well, exciting there. It didn't there. help that they move so quickly, right? I that mean, is that true. was kind of yeah. the thing. Yeah, like uh, on, on portable platforms, you know, that that stuff doesn't animate that smoothly. It right. just doesn't look as good. And the Game so Gear uh, did not have the best color display. I mean, it was no. pretty early. I'm sure things are better on the emulated uh, mm-hmm. system, but yeah, yeah. yeah. I w- we would not recommend Sonic Triple Trouble. We also have Shinobi. I should have bought that <laughs> instead <laughs> this, of Sonic. I'm guessing is uh, probably related to the Master System port, although I did not do my research on this. Sorry, folks. But um, I believe, I, I think the best version of Shinobi 2D is, uh, what is it? Is it just called Shinobi the Revenge, the Genesis one? Does anyone know? I'm pretty sure. It's the one where you fight yeah. like Batman and yeah. Spider-Man. And, yeah. 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 Wait, is that Shinobi 3 the Revenge? Uh, I don't know. I don't okay. know. Man, people sure. are getting mad at us yeah, now. But yeah, Jose's looking like, it up dude, on Wikipedia yeah. so we can, we can correct ourselves. All right, keep talking. Prepared as always. Yeah. <laughs> we also have a Dragon Crystal, which actually Jeremy wrote a pretty sweet blog post yeah, about. Yeah. Um, we're doing a sort of a what used to be the retro roundup, but now there's not enough games for there to be actual retro roundups where we will play a old game for maybe an hour and then write about mm-hmm. if it's worth it. Because um, as Jeremy said in his blog post, most old games, all you need to do is play for an hour to basically understand if you'll like it or not. So I think he thought Dragon Crystal was passable. Uh, he's into roguelikes, and he understands that a lot of people aren't, but he said it's pretty good for an early roguelike. If you don't know what roguelikes is or are, uh, I suggest you look that up because they're a pretty interesting uh, genre. And we might even do an episode about those if hopefully we can get Jeremy on one day. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. sort of, he's sort of ill today. So. Yeah, it is uh, The Revenge of Shinobi, or yes. published in Japan as The Super Shinobi. Okay, Revenge of Shinobi. Got yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Sweet. So, yes, if, if you want to fight Spider-Man and Batman, you probably need the card because I think they've been edited to... Uh, <laughs> Not get sued. Uh, and also, we have Punch-Out! featuring Mr. Dream for the Nintendo 3DS in the, um, the eShop. I bought that. You bought it? Yes, I'm How do you feel about that. your purchase? Uh, I feel foolish because I've had it before. Actually, I really wish that some some uh, magical, some legal magic would happen and it would like present Mike Tyson instead of Mr. Dream. <laughs> I don't you know, know. I'd like blink twice like he used to and all of a sudden, boom, there he is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I realize that the the idea that um, he was taken out because of the rape charge was not, uh, that's not accurate. He was taken out because his license expired and then I think 91 was his rape charge or something yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah. But the thing is, Mike Tyson, uh, despite his horrible past and his, uh, his like history of assaulting women, is now a comical figure in the media. Yeah, like, yeah. he's yeah. been in The Hangover. Yep. Yep. I'm he sure he's done other stuff he now. roasts on uh, Comedy Central. That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, don't you guys agree that now is the time to put him back in the game or at least try to barter with him? Because I think his asking price is much lower than it was it in the 90s. I feel like he has to be in, like, extreme debt right now, so that's yeah. why he's doing all these things. Uh, I wonder if that's why uh, he eventually found his way into the Knockout King slash Fight Night series. Because mm. oh, he was someone, right, yeah. he was he was kind of like the Michael Jordan, the, the character that oh, just that they couldn't cost get. too much money, yeah, right. for license reasons. Same thing happened to Barry Bonds, if you follow your sports games and know baseball, yeah, yeah. Um, where, you know, they'd put in... Uh, substitute player because they couldn't afford the license uh in tyson's case and punch out i mean i think punch out's better with tyson like i don't hmm. i don't care for who the fuck is mr dream that like, yeah care. mr dream is like the uh the caucasian mike tyson i don't know if have you yeah. ever seen what he looks like it's just never, they basically no, uh never, made never. his they took out the gap in his teeth made him whiter mm-hmm. and sort of got rid of the face but Does it's he still have the, the exact same still? he had a fade with a little like line in his i don't hair. think so i think they just changed yeah. the face in the in the skin color but essentially he fights exactly the same as mike yeah. tyson yeah all right. Yeah. yeah. That being said, though, I still think Super Punch Out is just 
leagues above regular punch out i agree and that is a, that is an atypical unusual opinion but i hold it as well yeah yeah, yeah. you guys can go jump off a cliff together <laughs> because i disagree because it, it was released in the 90s. yeah yeah probably it no, was a, I, I didn't really get into super punch out as much as i did the original but i will say that fighting mike tyson was not a joke and i still remember the stupid password for the oh NES everybody version, does except for me oh my god i still remember that, that is your social security number so <laughs> yeah, write it down yeah, folks yeah uh yeah so claim my uh what ten very low wages just yes. steals identity <laughs> yeah. um yeah I, I i don't know like jeremy wrote a blog post about this one too about how he feels a little uh that he's part of the problem in that he bought punch out on his nes and um for the for the virtual console he bought the nes version but he had to buy it again for the 3ds because those platforms don't speak to each other yeah. no, like yeah. um I can say the benefit of PSN. I mean, it's been hacked and whatever, and has its problems. But I was able to buy. Uh, I was able to buy Harvest Moon, put it on my PSP for my girlfriend to play, and then put it on the Vita for me to play. That's we, cool. we both had it. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, I don't know. How do you guys feel about Nintendo and their ways, and what do you think is going to happen with the Wii U? Just a small <laughs> sidebar. A, I mean, in a in a perfect world, you would be buying the license to the game and be able to play it on whatever platform yeah. you know, is capable of playing it on. Um, that being said, I don't think that that's going to happen with the Wii U. I mm. mean, it'd be amazing if, if the Wii U and the 3DS uh, and then whatever the next successor is all communicated with each other in that yeah. way. But honestly, I just don't see Nintendo doing that. It's I'm, definitely becoming the white elephant in the room, the yeah. idea of like how many times you need to rebuy a, a, a virtual console game. Um, and in the case of Punch-Out! specifically, I wish there would have been more effort uh, with it being more of a 3D Classics remake, because I think that would even... That would give me more of an incentive. I mean, I bought it anyway, so I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> but... Um, that would have been a, a better incentive for me to want to get it to that specific platform. Right. Um, I, it, it, it's just, I think Nintendo's is slowly, like, at least accepting that, hey, we have these this great catalog of old games that were on non-portable hardware, and we should slowly kind of push that down to, you know, something like 3DS. I think that's slowly happening, though, yeah. for some weird reason. I mean, the virtual but console games we've seen... Um, I don't know. I I I, keep, I hope that it can at least inspire them to say, hey, maybe we should just make one thing, one license, yeah. buy it, and yeah, you can have it four or five times. We'll have I, some or, sort of DRM. Or at the very it. least, if uh, Nintendo had uh, you know the mindset of maybe lowering the prices of some of these you know uh, these old games you've bought them so many times, I could swallow it if I was paying a dollar for this. Yeah. Or if how you much is um, like is it still five dollars for a punch out? I think five, so. Six. I okay. yeah. Usually go around yeah. five six Got seven it. depending. Yeah, I'm just hoping for like a non-Club Nintendo style account that you could log into various systems with. Mm -hmm. I don't think the 3DS has this sort of capabilities for that. Maybe well, they Club can patch Nintendo it in or something. Club Nintendo tracks what you buy, though. And it does. Club Nintendo does say, hey, you bought this on eShop. Um, so, I mean, the tech is technically there, but I don't know. I, th I think it could. I mean, eShop... Uh, has been upgraded already, so that it'll it'll retain my my credit card information. Oh, that's now. A, that's yeah. nice. They you know, never like, did I don't that before. Have to, yeah, 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 I don't have to constantly re-enter the stupid. Well, if you trust, you know, you have to enter uh, your county. I remember, like, I moved around a lot. I always have to look, look up my county that I lived in when I would buy virtual console games. Like, uh, Portage? No, okay, no. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. Uh, first week of June is gonna gonna be a big moment for Nintendo. If uh, at E3 they can, uh, if they you know unveil some sort of an online plan for the Wii U that uh, you know fans can latch onto. Otherwise, we're all just gonna grown yeah i would not be surprised if they didn't but it would be a great act of goodwill on their part if yeah, they did absolutely. figure a way to do this but also on uh the note of virtual console releases we have two uh releases for the virtual console Whoa. which uh, sort of flew under the radar and uh if you go to nintendo's press site press.nintendo.com they usually have full write-ups of the games that are out on virtual console but for these they're just like oh by the way you can get this on virtual console if you want 
but I wouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we also left out, sorry, just going back to the virtual oh, console thing, uh, how Club Nintendo is giving away uh, some of these oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, virtual console games just for those, like being a loyal customer. Those have been the only gifts that have been worth the coins I've spent on them. Yeah. Like, I think I got some posters I never hung up or something like that, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. yeah. Okay, I hope yeah. they continue doing that. Yeah, it's a good, it's a good yeah, trend. Yeah. But it's, a, it's a good trend because at least it's it's something to do with my Nintendo Space Bugs. That's yeah. not, uh, you know, a, a Wiimote carry bag or some or something you never thing. have on your person. Yeah, for, for exactly. your public humiliation. Oh God, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So the virtual console releases uh, recently have been the King of Fighters '97 and Samurai Shodown for Akumasa's Revenge, and they're both SNK fighting games, presumably for Neo Geo. Uh, so there you go. Why, Nintendo? Why? <laughs> I want more games on Virtual Console. We're so lonely. Well, what's what's left? I mean, what 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 is oh, maybe there's three a lot things? Left. Okay, give me three things that Bob Mackie wants. Say, like, uh, if you woke up tomorrow, the world would be right as rain because it was on Virtual Console. So Yoshi's Island. Yes. Okay, that technically exists on 3DS, but it's the shitty version. But continue. Uh, yeah, it finally happened. I agree. Go. Oh, uh, shit. <laughs> now I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah, Earthbound. Thank you very much. Okay. But that will yeah, never happen. That will never yeah. happen. Okay. And I would say maybe so I've been thinking about it a lot. Harvest Moon 64. Okay. The first Harvest Moon is on Virtual Console. Okay. But there's a lot of games. I just have to sit down and like look of course, at, yeah. at a list. But like um, the Breath of Fire games are not on there. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Um, the Twisted Tales of Spike McFang is not on there. <laughs> that's that's an obscure RPG. That's a very... But, um, I, haven't even, I haven't even played it, but yes. I'm not a hypocrite. I have several games I would like to be on Virtual Console. I just okay. don't know them offhand. Cool, cool. Let's move on to Retro News. There's been a recent leak uh, based on some awesome hackers looking into certain directories on the Microsoft website that the Sega Vintage Collection Monster World is coming to XBLA. Yay. And this will bring uh, three classic action RPGs to the um, XBLA uh, thingy, uh, marketplace, excuse me. <laughs> I mean, it's been a while since I did this. Yep. Um, and they're going to be Mo- Wonder Boy and Monster Land, uh, Wonder Boy and Monster World, and for the first time outside Japan, Monster World 4, which is, from what I hear, amazing. I'm not sure where their translation is coming from, but it's been fan translated before. I wouldn't be surprised if they just had bought that, but who knows. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be um, have achievements, uh, new trial modes, uh, Xbox Live leaderboards, and recordable and downloadable game sessions. I'm not sure what that means. I think that means you can just sort of probably do like a Let's Play sort of thing and record, um, you know, your play session or record what like what like, you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Have you guys played Monster World games? They're fantastic and amazing. I haven't. Everything I've learned yeah. about them okay. I've learned through uh, One Up podcasts and articles in the you past. Should, you should get on this when yeah. it comes out because uh, the first one is not super great. It's a the Master System one and it's actually the second Wonder Boy game. But um, Wonder Boy Monster World is uh, amazing and I've not played uh, Monster World 4 but Jeremy tells me it's fantastic. So. Awesome. If you enjoy Metroid slash Castlevania style games, I'm not going to say Metroidvania, you will love these. <laughs> For fear of the these. knife that's coming out of my yes, pocket. Yeah. You will love these and Jose will stab me. <laughs> uh, so yes, on this note, I have a question for you guys. What other Sega games do you want to see collected that are this classic? I thought oh. of, so no one can take my idea once again. <laughs> Bob uh, is obsessed with people I thought of Shining Force. Let's get Shining Force 1, 2, and CD in yeah, one collection. Yeah. Uh, you can forget about 3 because no one's going to emulate that probably. Yeah. And I was thinking also Legend of slash Beyond Oasis with maybe maybe Crusader of Senti thrown in as oh, a third I love game. Oh, Crusader of Senti. So like three Zelda-style games yeah, in one yeah. package. Yeah. And uh, I've not actually played Legend of or Beyond Oasis, so those would be awesome to yeah. check out. Yeah. How I'd about be, you guys? I'd be on board for that. You can feel free to agree I'd with like me if to I took all the good ones. I'd like to see... Uh, there's a little, I mean, this is, this is like a pipe dream and a little down the road, but uh, the only Panzer Dragoon I've ever played was Orta. 
And I would love to play. Uh, well, it had one and two on it. I think there was a there was sort of like it a, didn't have Spy a way to, on it though, did it? No, I I know the first one was on there. I'm not. I don't I believe think only Spy the first is. one was on. And yeah. I always hear or Saga to... Saga is the best one. Yeah, uh, the RPG ish. Yeah, I hear really one. good things about it. Yeah, and um, uh, unfortunately, that's hard to find too. Yeah, yeah. but Sega's been doing. Uh, I don't want to say they've been doing a good job of bringing these out, but they're they're kind of doing it more often. I yeah. mean, the the way they're treating these properties could be done better, and the fact. Um, the Jet Set Radio one, which is coming out this summer, I believe. Yeah, yeah. They couldn't get all the music, but based on their press release, it seems like they tried. And it yeah. seems like they're actually adding a little bit to it as opposed to the Sonic Adventure and Crazy Taxi, which yeah. just gave you products with things removed. Yeah, you so know, I guess I, could, I should take that back. They are doing a better job than yeah, they have yeah. before. Well, not a perfect job. Some, but, yeah. of the, some of the best music is probably music they already own anyway. I mean, the stuff that Hideki... Yeah, Naganuma. Naganuma yeah, did. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't want Dragula back in there. I, want I don't want... <laughs> I don't want... Uh, oh, God. what There was this other really weird song Dracula, called... Dracula Je- DLC. No, so there was one called... There's some song called Just Got Wicked. I don't want to hear that ever again oh, uh, oh yeah there was uh anyway like you get what i'm saying though what's missing is there anything like cool that I, it's a lot of american stuff yeah i did oh, not uh, they, 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 Can they get rid of bantam street and grind square while they're at it uh, just get rid of the yeah, levels, yeah. yeah they're not gonna do that, that. but yeah. i think like yeah the majority of the tracks that could not license yeah. were american tracks that's fine for whatever reason i know i don't need to hear i it. think we should regroup uh at this point uh in like three or four months and talk about whether the game holds up and what we've experienced how different from that, what we yeah. did yeah. a decade ago so look forward to that huzzah uh, and, and lastly, uh, GDC was what two or three weeks ago, mm-hmm. and uh, we haven't really talked since then. Uh, have you? Did you guys see anything retro-related at the conference worth uh, mentioning? I'm gonna go with no. I, no. I'm gonna say not retro-related in terms of like that it's old, but in terms of style, I played Fez. Oh, nice. uh, yeah. You broke Fez, right? I, I broke Fez. So <laughs> okay. the second I grabbed the control, it was finally open. Uh, there was a line of people to play, and slowly they went away. And also, I'm next. And the kid in front of me finished, and I picked up the controller. And the second I pressed start and followed the instruction to press start again, the game crashed. It went, <laughs> I was just like, what? <laughs> all the lights in the hotel yeah, shut I was off. Ready to, I was ready to cry, like, right on the spot. Because everyone around me was looking at me like I broke it. And uh, this guy comes over and was like, what did you do? And, uh, you destroyed then, five years of work, well, sir. And then Per Schneider, Schneider, one of our VPs of content, walks by and goes, you broke Fez? How could you? <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is ridiculous. Um, but I did play it, and uh, it, it's really good. Uh, and it just got certified if you follow Phil Fish's tweets. Um, and if you still are okay with Phil after maybe some of the things he said that piss people off, um, it just got certified. So it should be showing nice. up uh, relatively soon. And I guess it's up to Microsoft at this point as to when. I'm glad to hear that it's real. Yeah, yeah I think it was waiting. like two days ago when I left to Texas on Monday. Mm, I'm pretty sure. That's right. Yeah. yeah I heard about this. That, week. That tweeted, so yeah. is that everything retro related? Uh, yeah, I didn't really okay. see anything else that uh, that. that but in that style, yeah, and that game's going to be really cool. Like people should check it out. Hmm. Uh, Jeremy was sort of doing the retro beat for yeah. DC, but I managed to check out a few panels that were pretty interesting. One I have yet to write about, but I'm sure it'll work its way into something sooner or later. I saw the Gauntlet, okay, oh, uh, cool. postmortem, and I forget the guy's name. I'm really sorry, but it was just pretty amazing to hear how few of those machines were actually made, considering how popular the game was. I, I believe it was only in like the tens of thousands. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, really? like something like really tiny. When you think of how many people have played Gauntlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'll dig up those numbers at some point for like a future um, you know article, but I did record it. I also met and interviewed the... Uh, uh, Mr. Watt, I forget his first name, but he is the creator of Harvest Moon, and he sort of leaked his uh, Deadly Premonition um, remake news there. But I actually mm-hmm. got to sit down with him and talk about Harvest Moon, 
And it was a pretty great interview that I'm probably going to use for a feature because it is the 15th anniversary of that series, uh, yeah. at least in the States. Anyways, yeah. so. Cool. so there was one retro-related panel I went to, but it wasn't about any game. It was actually about retro, technically video game history. It oh, was, so okay. it was a panel where I sat in and uh, these educators at different uh, sort of game theory and game writing schools were talking about how uh, video game curriculum doesn't have a history course or the attempts to do it oh, right, are yeah. just the best games of the genres. And it's like, that's not history. That's just grabbing like these really sort of essential what you label essential games and uh the the most interesting thing i can remember from the panel besides uh hearing how these educators are, are trying to change that and working with the tech departments to have like a lot of retro games uh installed through emulators even because through fair use they're protected i mean they're not trying mm. to make money off it they're just trying to get kids uh and their students to kind of play these games right, right yeah. it's crazy too the the lengths some of them have to go they have to go that far they're writing letters to like activision or whoever holds so the license can we, can we play river raid on our calculators <laughs> yeah yeah please um but the the interesting thing i i walked out of that uh thing with is that uh the the great drought and video game crash in the 1980s um that we always all talk about that was, you know, and, and it's always taught in sort of these history classes. Right. It didn't happen in the other parts of the world. Like Spain, um, in Spain at the time, that was considered one of the best decades of like software, hmm. um, that specific era. And it's just like that, that they never had a crash. Like new companies like Made in Spain came out and uh, there was a few others that they mentioned. But it was considered like this this coming of age, the golden age of Spanish software. And it's wow. just like, man, we never like played half of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, a lot of so the history is written from an American perspective and the show is too, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. like, a lot yeah, of people yeah. have talked to me about doing uh, covering European stuff and it's like, I really would like to, but I don't have the time to do research. I basically go with what I know and yeah. what I can learn. Well, in, in a lot a few of the history hours. books too that even that we look at, it's always the American like perspective. It's yeah, never, yeah, it never opens up to like a wider spectrum. Like I want to know what was happening maybe in Japan at the time or in other parts of the world where they were making games. Hmm. Yeah, but that's also you know? just, that's just history as a whole. I mean, yeah, you go through yeah. elementary school and history classes. Yeah. You know, ninety percent America and ten percent the rest of the world. Yeah. Hmm. So yes, Jose, what did you take away from that? Uh, that I probably want to read more books if they come. Yeah. Uh, wait, from that? Uh, no, just, yeah, I, I just wish part of that story was told somehow. Or that uh, we can look at some of these games now. Maybe we can, we can help tell them. the story. Hmm? What? Think about know. it. I don't know. <laughs> Jose, let's get motivated. Yeah, please. Gather around children. Let's move on to listener letters. <laughs> We have our letter here from Jared. I believe he's written in before. And he says, uh, Dear Bob, Jose, Sharky, or whomever. That would be Marty in this case. <laughs> wow. uh, Retronauts, you bring me joy. Thanks for keeping the flame of awesomeness alive. You are welcome, Jared. And he asks, are any of you going to PAX East? If so, how do we listeners find you and subject you to awkward hugs? And I can tell you, Jared, that Jeremy is going. And he is the guy in the hat. He loves awkward hugs. Yes, he does. Yeah. Oh, wait, he's the guy in the hat that's dressed well. There's yeah, going to be a lot true. of guys in hats at PAX. <laughs> Most of them will be Notch, yeah. and only one will be Jeremy <laughs> Parrish. It is your job to find him. He's the Waldo of Pax. And if so, get a picture, because he's a photogenic guy. So is I've this, heard. Is this uh, Jared Petty? This is, uh, yes. He contributed. He wrote uh, guides for my cheats. Really? Yeah. Awesome. Well, mm -hmm. I guess he's no stranger then. Yeah. Uh, Jared says, I've been listening to Retronauts for years, several times over the years, and Nippon Telenet podcast with Shane Bettenhausen was teased. It never materialized. Do you think you could make it happen? I crave nerd food, and nothing is so nerdly as Telenet. 
They did Valis, Gangground, Exile, Cosmic Fantasy, Time Gal, all kinds of good stuff. Well, the Retronauts delve deep into the catacombs of obscure developers and unearthed rich treasures for our eager ears. And I can say, Jared, yes, I am in talks with Christian Nutt and Shane Bettenhausen to have make this happen maybe in April or May. So please look forward to that. I would really love to have Shane on the show more than once. So hopefully uh, we will get along. He's back in the area too, right? He is. Yes, yeah. he's working at Sony. Awesome. So yes, I really want Shane on the show. Uh, I, I understand he's pretty busy, but um, we're going to try to get him on here. So yes, thanks a lot, Jared, for your letter, and we will continue on. We have a letter here from Agent 101. This Whoa. is an elaborate ploy for me to plug something, but it's cool. I'll pass this around. There's pretty cool uh, cover art of a solid snake. What am I looking at? Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty neat. Oh, I like it. And it says, uh, oh. It says, Dear Classified Information, this person obviously thought they were writing into Nintendo Power uh, 20 <laughs> years ago. Me and my computer buddies are trying to beat Snake's Revenge together, and we have a secret tip for you. There's actually a real easy trick to kill the imposter on the train. Just stand on the other side of the room, and his weapon will definitely hit you. And wait until he shoots his weapon, and then you move to miss it. Then you shoot your remote control missile at him, but watch out for the trap in the middle. Do it three or four times, and he is toast. And then I get a password along with that, which I haven't played Snake's Revenge, but I'm guessing it would work well. And uh, Agent 101 says, play along if you want to at Hardcore Gaming 101 uh, Game Club 199X, but don't tell Sega. And this is from Agent 101 Robert, and this is actually a secret uh, plug for the Hardcore Gaming 101 podcast called Game Club 199X, where they kind of play through old games blindly without the help of uh, game facts or uh, any other assistance. And uh, I haven't listened to it, but it sounds like a pretty awesome idea. Yeah, and Hardcore Gaming's friend of the show. So. Yes, they are. Yeah, Kirk Collado was on here, cool and um, I, we owe them many things Absolutely. because they are super comprehensive. Yeah. Um, where's that envelope? Can oh, I get that I'm back? Sorry. Jose. Jose, mm-hmm. envelope time. Thank you. Yeah. That's that's Salt Snake. That's yes. <laughs> I thought it was Kurt Russell. Uh, they're very interchangeable. Steven writes, Dear Retronauts, and he's written on the lovely Ohio Nets uh, stationery. <laughs> I was impressed with a variety of topics and obvious passion for the Resident Evil series from the callers and Bob and Jose on the recent podcast. By the way, these, these letters are a few months old. I was unable to call in, but I went, wanted to bring up a really cool bit of Resident Evil Arcana. Are you listening up, Jose? Mm-hmm. This is some amazing tidbits of trivia. Yeah. Apparently, the Resident Evil 2 demo that shipped with the Resident Evil uh, 2 director's cut, excuse me, Resident Evil 1 director's cut, mm-hmm. contains the entire game that had been coded up to that point. What? what? Yes. While playing the demo, most of the game is inaccessible. But with the proper game chart codes, one can walk through the walls, explore beta versions of rooms, and pick up unused or worthless items, some of which crash when the game uh, crash the game when equipped. The only reason I'm aware of this is through the Versus books, the completely unauthorized Resident Evil 2 Perfect Guide. Wow. It can, includes the scores of required game chart codes and a few tours that get you the most interesting locale slash items. We still haven't gotten a prototype of Resident Evil 1.5. I like to think of this demo as Resident Evil 1.8. That is Keep awesome. up the good work, Steve. I love it. And he apologizes for the lack of envelope art. But that's cool. That's we don't cool. all need envelope art in our lives. That's a great fun fact. Yes, it I did not me know of, that. Uh, IGN's uh, community manager, uh, Eric Sapp, has a story that uh, he bought, uh, I think it was Tobal number two. Oh. Uh, with the intent of just playing the Final Fantasy VII demo. I remember which, that. Which yeah. came along with it. But uh, he put was it, it in. Was two or Tobal one? That was Tobal one. That was okay. Tobal two didn't come out yeah. here. But and so the... You know, the disc it said the Final Fantasy demo it had the had the art and everything, and he put it in, and it was a copy of a hockey game, a full <laughs> copy of a hockey game. Although no controller input would work, and so he just it would only go to the title screen and then go to the demo, and then go back to the title screen. Huh. And so we assume it was just like a misprint by. Uh, Weird. Did he buy it used? Was. No, he bought it new. Huh. He has a. He said his parents are sending him the copy. So. Eric is much younger than me. Did he actually think it was an RPG when he, he started playing it? Like this was- <laughs> it's like, what are all these weird swords <laughs> that are like made out of wood and shaped like L's? 
Let's move on to our last letter. It's from Nathan, and he writes, Dear Retronauts, I'm a longtime fan of the series. I've been wanting to write for a long time and finally took the plunge. I hope to become a semi-regular writer. I recently, a few months ago at this point, finished up the Kirby episode of Retronauts Live. I wanted to mention that I absolutely love Kirby's Dream Course, but adore playing another one. Not too long ago at a gaming event, me and another person played several rounds of Kirby's Dream Course and still holds up pretty well today. Another episode I heard recently was the licensed NES games. DuckTales is by far my favorite. In fact, I recently did some speedrunning of it, and it's still great fun, and I love that music. Um, He wanted to make a few quick plugs for some retro gaming communities he's a part of, and he wants to plug MarioKartPlayers.com, and he explains it. It's a site that originated for Super Mario Kart and Mario Kart 64 time trial records, but has extended to include every Mario Kart game since. If you check out the ranks, my name is Nathan Stinson. I am pretty far down the ranks by now. And he also wants to um, mention www.the-elite.net which is a site for speedrunning and fast times of GoldenEye 007 and Perfect Dark 64. So those are MarioKartPlayers.com and the-elite.net and he says both have active communities including a yearly meeting slash competition in Virginia USA, not Virginia, uh, Canada where <laughs> players from around the country and some, some other countries come together for some fun games and competition and apparently he won the Mario Kart 64 competition last year. Whoa. Uh, so yeah, that's it from Nathan, and he's a fan. Thanks, Nathan. Yeah, thanks. And please check out those um, those communities. They sound pretty awesome. Yeah. Let us move on to our topic for today, which is completely half-assed. But hey, it's been a busy week, and we've been talking about the 90s for quite some time. Jose, maybe not as much as we have been. <laughs> We're gonna, we want to establish Jose's... I love the transparency His here. staunch anti-90s agenda. Yeah, outside um, of video games, yeah, the 90s suck. Yes. I said it. But hey, they brought us a lot of cool video games. They and did. my topic I want to talk about was the joys of renting games. Um which seems like something that is quickly becoming a thing of the past, what with, um, I don't know, analog media disappearing as we know it today. Mm-hmm. Maybe not uh, analog, but physical media, yeah, sorry, yeah, physical yeah. media, where it seems like if this next generation actually has discs, and I imagine the, the Wii U probably will, it'll be the last generation that has discs because uh, everything is streaming now, everything's in the cloud. But in the 90s... Um, a kid could basically have access to the entire library of the NES or the SNES or Genesis or whatever just by walking into any normal video store. And I wanted to name drop some of the ones around my hometown. Maybe you guys could name yours too, okay. like the mom and pop ones. We had yeah. uh, First Row Video, fantastic Ohio chain. Uh, they eventually transitioned to a store called Movies. And that's M O O V I E S. Tell that, me there's a cow in the was logo. That a everything cow everything is covered in cow spots. Jesus. Are you uh, serious? This is like they, uh, the movie freaking stuff from yeah. uh, Oh, yeah. Just like movie yeah. uh, from Kevin Smith stuff. But yeah. the thing is, they, they spent, I don't know, like months refurbishing their store. <laughs> You're going to find out Kevin Smith owns that video store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure there'll be more like hockey jerseys and like, <laughs> economy sized uh, milk duds available. Mm-hmm. But. 
Um, the thing is, they refurbished their entire store, and it took about, I don't know, months and months. I just remember them, like, having to pull all the, sh- the, the, ca- the tape cases off the shelves to put, like, the cow spots on them, make up the whole store with the cow motif. And I think that transition lasted for maybe, like, six months. Oh, shit. And then they, they eventually transitioned to something else. Yeah. But uh, we also have Anthony Coca's Video Land. <laughs> Anthony Coca also owned a bunch of pizza parlors that are pretty good in Ohio. And, uh, and a vast array of supermarkets, like Giant Eagle and... Um, I don't know. It seemed like supermarkets, everyone had a little video section at one point yeah, or another. Yeah. Um, how about you guys? Where do you remember renting videos? Let's hear some name drops so people at home can maybe recognize a local branch or well, say, what have, the hell uh, was that? Well, you grew up in uh, Ohio. And yeah. I grew up in uh, southern Wisconsin, and we had uh, drive-in movies, mm-hmm. which, uh, like your like your how one, everything was motifed to a drive-in. So it had this oh, really? kind of like 50s retro appeal to did it. Did it have like a, like a fake car like it, smashed it into the side of the building? It, it literally did. No yes. way. So, <laughs> I was just being a smartass. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No, no. Okay. You got it. Um, we had, uh, I lived in a town called Sun Prairie, and we had Prairie Video. We had Sun Video. They just tried to like take every form of uh, the mm. town name and include it in video. And then we had a, a place called Family Video video which i will get back to in my topic whoa whoa what is this wait uh, uh follow-up question is this the family video that like is the huge chain that's kind of kicking blocks oh shit ass? no 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 family video uh okay we had a family video i have to think of the name of the place okay cool okay it was not family video though jose i don't remember the names of a lot of the video stores but uh there was this one if uh if you're a listener who lives in the bronx and you know of uh the little italy in the bronx uh, around arthur avenue there used to be a video store across the street from this place that makes cakes which i also can't remember the name of the uh the bakery either but um <laughs> that was where we used to go to rent uh video games but it was also weird because my mom preferred to buy me games versus rent them mm. um and it was also weird because i think we talked about this one on retronauts where when you rented games that had uh you know save capabilities finding people's saves on there and kind of like rummaging through what they'd done and what and you know just kind of seeing that stuff was kind of interesting mm-hmm. but um yeah, I think that was the only place I rented games from. I know there was a movie rental store that uh, eventually opened up on our block uh, near Bathgate and uh, St. Barnabas. Also, if you're a a, a Bronxite, but um, they didn't have video games. I mean, in our neighborhood, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, people probably rented and never bring it back. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not I'm not surprised by that at all. But uh, yeah, that that's probably the only um, stuff I can remember. You know what I used to rent? Bayou Billy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Just what, what drew you yeah. to that game in particular? Uh, I, the commercials. It just looked really ridiculous. You thought it was uh, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, Crocodile and you're Dundee. Like, and Paul Hogan signed off yeah. on this. It's got to be him. Yeah, it's got to be him. And then, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was weird. Yeah. I I don't know like for me it was like the joy of my Friday uh, after school because my parents would always rent videos on Friday night so I would have something to do all weekend. So you'd weekend. get a game out of that? Yes. Would you, would you bitch to high hell if you didn't get a game uh, out of that? I, I kind of would. Fit? I kind of would. But <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, uh, it always happened. It was like like reliable like clockwork like every every agreement. Friday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like we would go we would go to the uh, video store. We rent something and then we'd not talk to each other for the whole weekend. There you go. That's what See, you but why would they give you a video game? It's like you'd rent a movie to watch it as a family, right? I mean, that yeah. was kind of the approach. And then you get the kid a video game. Well, we're never going to see him for the rest of the week. Maybe weekend. that's what, what their plan was. Yeah, I was like, let's along. get rid of the like, He's annoying. Uh, Bob. <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, we watched the movie too. But it was like the game would be something for me to do on the weekend. But that that was like a completely awesome memory I had of, of growing up in the 90s. Yep. And just being able to access all these things that mm-hmm. I didn't actually buy games that often, it seemed like. And the games I did buy were only RPGs because like having a lawn mowing career at that point... <laughs> If I bought an RPG, I would be set for like 50 hours or whatever, yeah, yeah, and I played yeah. over and over again. But when I run into like an action game from the uh, supermarket or whatever, I can just play through that in like you know a weekend and be done with it. Which I'm that guessing a lot of people yeah. at home do now. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah. what are we going to do when this idea goes away? Um, 
we in this industry are lucky enough, um, and I speak to everyone in this room, that if there's a game that's out, we can usually take it home from work and uh, play it to our heart's content. But aside from demos, I think in the next like five or ten years, there's not going to be any way for anyone to ever rent anything like that's not on physical media. I just don't think that idea will will be around. I mean, I know there's precedent set that like on iTunes you can rent a movie um you know digitally you can yeah, yeah. Movie digitally but i just really don't see that happening with games i don't know do you guys agree with me no i mean that's absolutely going to happen and the thing is uh the generation you know that that uh came after us isn't going to care like i have little cousins who are you know eight nine ten and and they've been playing games since they were five and they've never rented a game and they're fine with that mm. i mean they have their their ipod touches and they have Wii's that's true and, and i was gonna say um yeah games are more disposable to the to, to kind of the younger audience now yeah, and it doesn't yeah. have to be sort of these big games that uh that cost us 40 50 60 yeah. even 70 like, uh, a game is not this like expensive cartridge a game is like on every games are on everything yeah, it's on yeah. every screen like, you can think of angry birds free. is free on google yeah. right yeah Something yeah like that. yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, our our generation is going to i i'm pretty sure be the last of the ones who look back on with nostalgia of uh renting physical games it sucks too because that makes us dinosaurs but um <laughs> yeah we are so but you know it's like well, it ties into my topic later, so I'm not going to okay. go into what I was just about to say. Yeah, but yeah. so do like fifteenth, like the fifteenth anniversary of uh, Symphony of the Night in Japan was this week. And that mm-hmm. makes me feel like a dinosaur. I'm like, shit. How, did they do anything like, to celebrate mm-hmm. that? Did they, they like, didn't know. Let Iga come out of the basement no. and stop working on like pervy games. Yeah, cut his hair maybe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> try to drop his whip. His whip. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, no, that, yeah, that was basically uh, what I wanted to mention. Yeah. Uh, I didn't really develop that idea very well, but that is something that I really identify with the 90s, just like the video store experience. Yeah. And I think like a lot uh, of movies at the time reflected that, a lot of media at the time reflected the video store experience. Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Like Clerks. I don't know. I'm trying to think of um, like movies or TV shows with video stores as that, like a, a centerpiece. Seinfeld episode that took place in a video store. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where Lane yeah. was getting staff recommendations from. Uh, oh, that's the right. Creepy guy who worked there who turned out to be like a 15 year old kid. Right, and it seems like uh, another another thing about that is like with Seinfeld, like every year the show gets more dated. Yeah, where it's oh, like absolutely. Every yeah. problem can be solved with a GPS or yeah. uh, text messaging. You know, the, the the I guess one thing to to the rental situation too is that demos kind of take place of of renting anything. Right. Yeah, I that's mean, true. That's You're getting yeah. a demo that like has a, a, a vertical slice of the experience either at the beginning preferably most demos are at the beginning of the game especially if they're live arcade games they're always the beginning but if it's a bigger game uh it, it'll depend but uh, it feels like demos have slowly replaced that stuff the only thing i can see happening to renting is you physically literally buying time with a game uh, it happened with APB where yeah. they used you, to do that at stores too. Go ahead, anyway. Uh, they, uh, like yeah. with APB, I know it's an MMO, but you basically mm-hmm. paid for a certain number of hours. Yeah, I can see them maybe doing that. Like you want to rent Ninja Gaiden eight? Uh, yeah. It's ten bucks for fifteen hours. Yeah. If you yeah. beat it in that in that time, fine. If you don't, we keep your money anyways. I like that. Yeah. Some yeah. mom and pop shops, uh, and I think this was happening in the '90s, if not definitely in the next decade, would uh, do some sort of like, hey, pay to play this console or this uh, game for a certain amount of time and try it out and i always found that really weird because i guess the information cycle that i was a part of would always just kind of keep me informed to what i wanted and what i didn't want yeah so the idea of actually going to pay someone to then try it it was shady mom and pop bullshit but it (laughs) it was happening um and i what else there was something else about that that is sticking out my isn't there a so there is a chain of video game stores that 
uh, they let you try before you buy the used games. And I want to say it's Game Crazy or Game Station. Mm. I think it's it's some weird place. I know there, I went to one in San Mateo, I want to say, or San Bruno. Okay, there I haven't seen on that the West Coast, Coast, but I've been yeah. uh, too And when far we down were in there. there and I was asking, like, I was asking about certain games and if they had them, the clerk kept asking me, do you want to try it? Do you want to try it? And they had, like, systems set up in the chain. And if yeah. someone's listening and knows the answer, like, uh, you know, let us know. But the, I don't remember this. I know, like, it was huge in Chicago. It was a place called Funko Land. And it was the same thing. Oh, oh yeah, yeah Funko that, Land was yeah, eventually yeah. bought by uh, GameStop. Yeah, they okay. were. Oh, yeah. really? And yeah. I have to say, uh, Funko Land is the worst name for a company in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> it indicates nothing. Yeah. It indicates nothing. It sounds it's like... It's the fun company land, dude. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> no, it's like Funko Land Core, Inc. <laughs> That's yeah, my favorite yeah, genre yeah. of music. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, but f- I don't think Funko Land let you let you try the stuff out. I still remember Funko Land too. There was one on on uh, the Grand Concourse in the Bronx. They that, did, uh, they did, but turned as, into a GameStop. As GameStop uh, wrapped their tentacles around it, oh, they began to be away. less consumer friendly. Like uh, I remember, uh, and I don't want to dominate this entire show with my topic. I'll move on quickly. No, no, but no, I remember yeah. uh, certain stores like Funko Land when it existed uh, as Funko Land independently, and a, a store called Video Game Trader. Mm-hmm. They were very hands on with the customers, and yeah. actually there was a local like import store uh, i totally forgot like in the late 90s by, by where i lived where it seemed like the the stores were staffed with people who cared about and knew about games and they weren't always trying to upsell you on shit you don't get they, that from GameStop. no, no like absolutely not. they let you try games and stuff which is like completely absurd now yeah. but i mean um it seems like the idea of consumer service is really being thrown out the window in exchange for you like uneducated people Blah blah blah. I'm just gonna keep complaining. Like no, I mean man. back then they they want you, they wanted the customer to leave the store and be stoked on their purchases. Yeah. Now yeah. they want to. Well, now they give want you to insurance control insurance yeah. on your game. They yeah. Want well, they to want to control you inventory. Yeah. The last thing GameStop wants now is to overorder a game and find like copies of that thing sitting on store shelves forever. Yeah. They don't have the room. They don't have the space, and they don't want it. They want to control that stuff by doing as many pre-orders as they can. Mm-hmm. That's I, how that works. I have two sub questions to this, and then we can move on. Yes. Uh, first, has anyone ever rented a console before for a weekend? Oh, mm. some places did that. Yeah. I never I did. did. I rented the Sega yeah. CD for a birthday weekend one time when I was wow. like eight. Wow. Wait, and, did uh, you already have a Genesis, or did uh, you yeah, have yeah, to yeah, get a Genesis, Genesis with no, it? No, I had a Genesis. <laughs> did they handcuff the case to your they, arm? Uh, it came in this like like attaché. This like really, it felt bulletproof. Oh yeah. yeah. Thrown out of an airplane. It would Couldn't be you rent a console from Blockbuster at one point? Yeah, I'm sure yeah, you could. Yeah, super yeah. expensive. You need to put like a like a hundred dollar down yeah, payment. Yeah, you practically paid for the thing. Did you get that money entirely back? I can't remember. I'm sure it was like a deposit. Yeah, it's like renting a tux. Yeah. Too many yes, wine stains on it. I remember yeah. playing uh, through Sonic CD and uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula that mm. weekend. Oh, uh, that, yeah, yeah. that masterpiece. I, uh, I dominated those. And then my other question, I don't know if any of you guys remember, what is the last game you rented? Holy Fuck. snap. Yeah. I can tell you I rented Assassin's Creed 2. Holy shit. In 2009 physically? because I had to write a one-up article. From where? Uh, from Family Video. Okay. I had, to, I had to write a one-up article and I was like, uh, oh, I don't have this game. Jeremy, can you send me a copy? He's like, why don't you just rent it? And we'll reimburse you. I was like, renting games? That is ah, insane. I, I remember that. And I went in. I rented it and I have not rented anything in the last like four years. Uh, the last thing I rented, my senior year of college, Blockbuster, uh, we got really drunk in my apartment, and I had a Nintendo 64, and we all wanted to play Goldeneye. Oh. And then I didn't have Goldeneye. And this was 2008. And somehow, the Blockbuster in Milwaukee, near my college, had N64 games still. And so we walked down there, rented Goldeneye, and we played that all night. Were they just, were they in that window facing the, uh, were they in the, on the shelf facing the window, so they were all just like sun bleached? <laughs> there was that one, oh, like, one shelf that? that was always yeah. right in the yeah, window that yeah. you couldn't even read anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised those cartridges even still work. Yeah, they hit like, a certain temperature, like those chips like inside. popped. Yeah, wow, it's not yeah. good. So yes, um, yeah, I, know, I, I can't. To, uh... I can't remember the last game I read. I want to say, and this is gonna sound terrible. Probably Double Dragon. 
Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That doesn't sound we, terrible. It just means rent, you stopped renting. Yeah, we never ago. rented games. I don't know. For whatever reason, uh, they'd rent movies. I remember doing that, but mm. games, nah, not really. Different lifestyle choices. on to marty's topic yeah. i've i actually was really interested in this i think you brought it up earlier i did uh, i did i don't I know where but please let us know what you want to talk about marty um so i want to talk about the first year of the nintendo 64 um and everyone this was uh was it fall 96 that's right came yeah. out. uh so i was alluding to the video store before which i remembered it was called four star video okay but i'm saying only that four stars only four stars <laughs> is that a four star scale <laughs> they just maybe it was a five star scale okay but they, you know they didn't want Room to improve yeah exactly exactly um so this uh, system okay, launched in uh, September of 96, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Uh, and like about two weeks before it came out, uh, I went to a Walmart with, uh, with my mom, and she knew I was super stoked on the system. And all of a sudden, we saw it on the shelf. Two, copy, or two, two N64s with two copies of Mario and two copies of... Uh, Pilot wings. Did your primal hunter-gatherer instincts kick in? You just no, like clawed at the glass. Sudden, my, like, child, yeah, it, it was absolutely <laughs> that. Like I was, I was a pretty good kid, but all of a sudden I almost started like hyperventilating, and I don't know why. Like my parents probably shouldn't have done this, but they ended up. Uh, there, there, there was another family looking at it and turned out to be the owners of this video store. And mm. somehow my, my mom agreed with them that they would buy one and we would buy one. And so for two weeks, I was the only person in my town. And then Nintendo 64. Uh, so you have to board up the doors and windows. <laughs> we could only invite one person over at a time, and uh, we charged admission, so I made it all back with it. No. Wow. Uh, I was going to say, that would be an awesome story. Yeah, it's right, like right. Make, profiting like, off. Make two grand off of... That was my first job. Uh, for as long as I realized, I always wanted to be a gangster. Console profiteering. Um, yeah. Um, so that was great. I mean, Pilot Wings and Mario 64, that was, you know, those were the halcyon days. Those were two fantastic launch titles. That, right. Uh, I don't. I don't. I honestly don't think we've gotten Wait, that two, caliber of launch. Were they the, the two Whoa. only launch? They were the titles. two only launch titles. Yeah. Okay. But honestly, I like, would have said like NFL two K, NFL two K, and Soul Caliber. Uh, different strokes for different folks. Yes, love, totally. I love yeah, both of yeah. them, but not uh, yeah. they're not Mario sixty four. Yeah, Mario sixty four uh, was a little more like revolutionary. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I, mean, I agree, but uh, I don't know. I'd I, say I don't have the, any strong feelings towards Pilot Wings, but I mean yeah. that was like. I yeah. mean the uh, the Dreamcast launch might be better in terms of quantity volume but yeah. i think like if you if you have an average score i mean those two granted it's only two games so it's like a ringer but to have like an amazing a plus game and then a pretty awesome a minus game like together is i wouldn't say the a minus on pilot, <laughs> for wings, pilot wings, but it's, it's okay. at the time i'll watch more fool what other okay. uh near launch games were there because i did not have an n64 i i had a playstation not that not at this point but i watched a friend with an n64 sort of go through that N64 cycle yeah, yeah. of like an initial joy and elation and then just waiting. See, that's what that's what I want to get to is that, uh, you know, as soon as that, uh, you know, kind of uh, glory day wore, wore off, uh, you were left with a slow trickle of games. One maybe every other week, one maybe every three weeks. What were the big ones pre-97, like Star okay, Wars? So the, yeah, the big uh, of the first year you had uh, Wayne Gretzky Hockey. Oh, yeah. You had Cruising USA. Uh, that was t- total shit. That was absolute total shit. And you had, which was, it was a total shit version of an arcade game that came out, I think, a year and a half, uh, two years before. I think it was like 94. Yeah. Yeah. By the time Cruising USA came out on 
consoles that are sequels out in the arcades. Yeah, yeah. And you're they, getting to Shadows of the Empire. And we're getting right? to Shadows of the Empire. Yes. Mm, okay. okay. See, my whole thing though was I think I tricked myself into loving these games because I loved everything I rented for. You know, I would do the same thing where, you know, every weekend I'd rent a game and it'd always be one of these N64 games. And so I played everything that came out. Yeah. And I, just, I just tricked myself into loving everything. I loved Cruising USA, loved Shadow of the Empire. And then, the, you know, the next fall, the next uh, spring rolled around. And you had games like Turok and Hexen and Dark Rift. But there's Mario Kart 64. Mario Kart 64, that was great. And then the next summer was Star Fox and Goldeneye. Yeah, say. and that was 98. That was 98. Uh, uh, Goldeneye uh, was 97. Goldeneye was 97. 97. Okay, Star Fox was 98. Yep. With Banjo-Kazooie? Uh, no. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. No, Star Fox, Star Fox was, was 97. 97. Banjo-Kazooie was 98. Yeah, because Star okay. Fox predated the, the so wait, uh, where, DualShock. Yeah, where's Zelda? 98 or 99? 98. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fall 98. Yeah. Fall but 98. what about those initial early titles? Like, did anything stand out for you? I really... I mean, I had never... Uh, I, was, I wasn't I was a PC... I mean, I'm still not a PC gamer, but... Uh, so I really didn't get into first-person shooters at all. Like, you know, no Wolfenstein, no Marathon, no yeah. uh, Doom. And so playing, uh, you know, games like Turok and... And uh, Hexen and Duke Nukem 64. Uh, it was kind of my first, you know, steps into this genre. And I really dug them. I mean, I know that uh, I'm sure they were just like low quality ports of, of what their PC counterparts yeah, especially, were. especially uh, Duke Nukem. Yeah, but, but I really, it was just this, like uncharted ground for me. The only sure. first person segments I'd ever played were like uh, Jurassic Park on Super Nintendo. Oh, you did that building. Oh, yeah. yeah, I remember yeah. that shit. And I remember that scaring the shit out of me because I was like, yeah. "Where's my? Char- I am my character." Yeah. Um, yeah, that first year, I, I look back on fondly, but I know, I mean, the the quality of games just weren't there. Like that the was quality controller wasn't year. there either. But that's well, another pro- that's another topic. You, you didn't hold it correctly. Yeah, no. I, dude, that thing was weird. <laughs> was that was hollow. the first Nintendo system I looked at and was like, "What the fuck happened?" After to the a controller? month, you could like hear things rattling around yeah, inside yeah. the controller. Did any game ever? use the uh i remember the they felt like, like the all the different C ways buttons. you can hold a game yeah. did any game ever have the d-pad and yeah. then have you hold the analog uh, uh i don't think so i don't think so i almost feel like that's that a might prototype have been a for the wii mode wait was it could have been was that a, a lefty version uh of the golden eye controls maybe no i doubt it because i know the D-pad there, were, there were some weird ass fps's that let you use two two oh, n64 wow. controllers like one for movement one for looking what? i remember that i, I do don't know that. i don't know which yes. ones but like a yeah. few wow. like had we like really weird up. configs yeah. but um yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah for me like i said i i witnessed uh i didn't have an n64 at this time i got one way late for way cheap but like i had a friend who did go through all the big games like i remember him buying like mortal kombat trilogy for 80 dollars in 1996 yeah. these were this was 80 dollars in 1996 which is probably like i don't know eight thousand yeah. dollars today <laughs> but uh it's close i mean even that was incomplete and yeah. um shadows of the empire i can say that they did a lot of things right by putting the best most iconic thing up front which was the hoth, hoth battle yeah First time ever. yeah but uh yeah. after that it was pretty bad it was it pretty, was pretty rough. yeah it was a really rough game yeah, yeah i agree it, it's funny too because n64 didn't exist as a purchase for me until zelda came out yeah like, like most people yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, well not most people i mean some was, people were on board okay with mario and, but yeah and mario 64 yeah whatever like sure it was cool but um, I was playing Tomb Raider, and I was fine with that. Um, and don't get me wrong, that was by no means like a similar control experience. But right. It just was the game that I wanted to play, and it felt more like uh, the game that I kind of had grown into mm-hmm. versus like still um, kind of hanging around with Mario. But once Zelda happened, it was just like, forget it. Yeah. I need to get this game. I need to get my hands on a system. Like This has to happen because I have to be there when it happens. And yeah. uh, I don't know. And it came out of nowhere, too. Uh, so remind me, Metal Gear Solid came out before Zelda, right? Uh, I, I think it, if it, it came out, it was, it was like within the same within a few within weeks. The, yeah. A few weeks, yeah. And I remember playing that, and then just going, "Okay, I have to play Zelda," and just ran out, got the gold cartridge, ran back, 
with N64 and did it. Okay, and you mentioned, that was probably the last game I played. You mentioned Control right beforehand. What was the first... Was Ape Escape the first PlayStation game that used the DualShock? The DualShock, probably, I yeah. think it was the first game that required it. Okay. Uh, the first game that I used it was probably a Gran Turismo because I know oh. they made a big deal about that because of the rumble yeah. feature. Well, and, and you can control the, the game using the two sticks. One was to, like... It was, it was pitch... It was like the XY, but separated. I think, I think so there was a scheme throttle, like that. The other would control, like, the turning and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I remember I, I got that uh, launch day with the DualShock and this was back when rumbling was still something that we noticed not something yeah. we just take for granted yeah. and it was just like the cars all had different rumbles to them yeah yeah and yeah. It, it like it was nothing like I what ever, was this uh it was may of 98 may 98. Yeah. yeah and then you got metal gear solid which had one of the coolest uses of it you yeah know, the the, the hind cut scene where the uh, uh it uses like every kind of well rumble. it was the first time too you played a game where if you set the controller down and you were still playing you get the, prrr, the oh, rattle yeah. it, it would scare the heck out of you and you'd quickly pick it back up but no like, i was talking more about the psychomandis uh stuff oh yeah that's how putting that down and that whole little magic trick which seems really silly when you think about it now and it was even funnier in metal gear solid 4 just because it was an inside joke right but uh because there was no rumble but um it was still like really cool you know, like not nothing you'd played before had done. That's something a good like point. That. Like, yeah. uh, do we even notice when our controllers are rumbling anymore? Only when I put a game, uh, I put a controller on a hard surface and then forget it's there. Yeah, yeah. You, you the, well, the and it's funny too because I prefer playing FPS games without rumble on. Like, I don't want to, my hands to move at all. Mm. Like, I can totally know I'm getting hit from uh, on-screen HUD markers. I don't need my controller to rumble to tell me that. Like, yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. We yeah. have become kind of desensitized to it, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I agree like, with that. Yeah. I wouldn't realize unless someone told me, like, hey, Remember, controller's rumbling. Yeah, when force feedback was, like, the new cool shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. like, always capitalized, both words. And it was like, oh, man, this is the future. You're going to feel it. And it's yeah. like, okay. You got to strap a subwoofer to your chest like that. Okay. Did Dude, you know there was a thing about? that came out. Yeah, yeah there was yeah. a there was a third-party peripheral. Yeah. It was, like, attaching a fucking speaker to your chest. Like, like, it a may vest. stop your heart periodically, but it'll be worth it. Yeah, it was, like, some weird Tron outfit, but with the wrong colors. And it was ridiculous. And then you have Res. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't don't get me started. That oh my god. Go the greatest there. rumble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Even so Child Eden still did that. Where there was we, like separate rumble. Things. I'm sorry, Jose. Oh, it's talk okay. over you. Yeah. yeah. Um, have we exhausted this topic? Uh, N64. Early? Yeah, I would say so. I, okay. I, I feel like there's a lot more I would like to say about it. N64. Uh, uh, it might have been slightly disappointing, but it did do a lot for 3D games. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of show people how they should be made, uh, like both action and adventure. And I think it's easier to uh, look back fondly on the N64. Just looking at its you know amazing games and not figuring in the fact that they were few and far between yeah especially now because you can go back and say here are 10 most play games instead of waiting five years for those games exactly yeah. exactly and those 10 games are all phenomenal but it's pretty much every system you can go back i mean you can you can get 10 games from the dreamcast and be yeah. like wow how did this system ever die and it's like well that was it mm. one solid year and a half yeah that's all we got Jose. I really wish you my so my first topic that I wanted to try was uh You're try just it. import no I'm not gonna try it uh, okay. because this one you guys didn't have any input for it no. which is how did you import games and if you had funny or unique import stories from the 90s because uh, I feel that this was before the internet and before you were you know 
buying things online like you had to know like your mom and pop stores and the places that you trust if you were a manhattanite you knew about games and james you knew about uh games and james i think it was games and james or games at james i can't okay. remember the exact <laughs> name yeah but that yeah but you went james to that will come store. home and play the game with you yeah, he'll yeah, give some tips yeah, he'll eat some may. pizza yeah totally dude um and and there were like other like very specific like boutique style stores that you would buy like import games from mm. um and that even made it down to the bronx where like uh you go to these little malls and you'd see you know, a bunch of import games. And this was when Dragon Ball Z was, like, starting to pick up, like, a lot of steam, too. Mm, I mean, this was, okay. like, what, mid to late 90s? I would say so, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and they had already had, like, three games out over there on Super Nintendo, and we didn't have any because it wasn't really over here yet. Uh, but you guys didn't have anything about that because you <laughs> come from where again? Uh, East Bumfuck. And they didn't have a single import shop uh, that you could Not think until of. the Dreamcast era. Mm -hmm. There was one that Which was... Which was the end of the 90s. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. It was probably like late 90s that yeah. it opened up and it wasn't open for very long. Throughout yeah. the uh, majority of the Clinton administration, the Midwest had a staunch isolationist uh, <laughs> So We don't want them they did not Japanese open their borders. They don't, no. hair. We want our own cows. <laughs> Is that yeah. it? Okay, yeah. So that topic crashed and burned. So the topic I decided to come back <laughs> and try talk about was uh, license games. Oh, cool. In the 90s and how that could... Probably, and I don't know if this is entirely true. Maybe that's what we could talk about. But was that the last decade where uh, licensed games were probably pro very profitable, or was that the last game where last excuse me decade where licensed games were cheaper and easier to make, and therefore easier to do and more successful? I think the problem um, is that today, uh, Marty, I don't know if you agree with me on this, is that gamers kind of demand some sort of plausibility. Like, in the 90s, you could have Home Improvement as a game with Tim yeah. Allen fighting dinosaurs. dinosaurs yeah. You could have uh, Home Alone 2 with, like, Kevin McAllister fighting just about every inanimate object yep, that yep, comes yep, after yep. him. But today, I think you need to have some sort of plausibility. Like, how does this actually connect with the fiction or, yeah. you know, yeah. the story of the movie? No, it's and, I guess, and I guess it shouldn't always be movie licensed, but licensed games in general yeah, so, you yeah. Know, like teenage mutant ninja turtles uh cool spot yeah, uh, yeah. aladdin the aladdin games the yeah. disney games were really cool like uh remember there was, like uh i remember aladdin looking great on genesis i remember uh the lion king also looking very yeah. good on genesis there was always this kind of excitement like hey what cool even though they were all kind of aping you know the same ideas yeah like, yeah hey, go through this side scrolling i, level I think at that point people had like learned how to make a platformer and learned how to like shoehorn different ideas into that sort of framework so mm -hmm. maybe it was a lot easier and than today like what do we do with iron man what do we do with spider-man what yeah. do we do with uh, i don't yeah. know american idol if you look <laughs> if you look back on uh, a lot of those Disney games too that's where a lot of you know amazing developers got their start uh, yeah. Yeah. Shinji yeah, Mikami Shinji got Mikami. started on uh, Aladdin and Goof Troop that's and right David Jaffe's first game was Mickey Mania mm -hmm. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. yeah so a lot of cool people got their start in those games yeah um, I don't know and, and what I guess what are some of your favorite licensed games that you guys can remember oh wow from that period from the 90s? Yeah, from uh, the 90s. Well, DuckTales was uh, 89, I think. But um, like you said, Jose, I, I like Aladdin. I like the SNES version better. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a Shinji Mikami game, as we said. Um, mm -hmm. I'm trying to think. There's not a lot. There's, uh, there's Genesis GoldenEye. Genesis better. Genesis it did, did look better. Look better. Yeah. But the, I like the actual game of the SNES game. Sure, uh, sure. SNES there, was, there was a more substantial game there. Oh, did um, it sound better on SNES, too? I want to say yes. I think so, yeah, yeah. I really think so. And I think it's a bad rep because of how amazing that animation was on the Genesis at the yeah, time. And it yeah, still looks it pretty good, but it's... It's sort of like in the vein of that Earthworm Jim level design where there's a mm -hmm. lot of like weird uh, like corners and nooks sure. and crannies and stuff that, sure. um, I don't know, uh, those guys are British, right? The people that made Earthworm Jim. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels like everyone very... outside of uh, Tommy Tallarico. Okay, yeah. yeah. Is it Dave Perry? Was he the uh, lead designer? I think so. Yeah. Uh, United Kingdom in general, I yeah, think. Yeah. But I mean, uh, that's why I didn't really care for those sure. sort of games. But um 
trying to think. There's not a lot. There's, Did you uh, own any? Like, think I of those. I yeah. never bought licensed games because I, I knew the horror stories behind them. Really? And, yeah, even like, in the 90s? You were like, like ah, I was keyed this. into that pretty early. Like, even game magazines were kind of as enthusiastic as they were for everything. And they were very. They were like, no, movie games are shit or like, you know, TV games are garbage or whatever. They they could at least recognize that fact. See, I feel like that didn't start happening until the late 90s. I mm. feel like most of the 90s were still like the super gushing. Well, like, oh my God, yeah. it's coming out, dude. And they check it. Yeah. They, they didn't use like the extreme terms I use, but they were like, this is good for a movie game or like movie games have problems, but this one's okay. So I, I kind of like, set uh, off your you brain. Know, video yeah. game journalism and magazines like that as a whole didn't start to get uh, to kind of grow into their own and start becoming like actual critics until after that. Yeah. So a lot of things you wouldn't like, you know, say, why the hell did this get made? You know, yeah, we, yeah. we say that now with certain things, but you mm-hmm. don't, you know, they, they didn't really say that back then. At least I don't yeah. remember it. I was they had, uh, I mentioned this magazine before is uh, Ultra Game Players. I think they were made for like a, like a snarky goatee wearing uh, Gen X audience because <laughs> that's what their entire writing staff looked like. Like they broke out of like a, like a Foo Fighters video or something. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they were pretty cynical about yeah. it. And I think that's where I got a lot of the ideas of uh, like, you know, expectations about what a movie game should be or yeah, what a, sure. what a yeah. licensed game should be. But yeah. I'm trying to think if there's any other. I mean, the Ninja Turtle games were great. Yeah. Uh, Simpsons arcade game was 91, so I could say that's yeah. probably one of the best, and that is also out on PSN and XBLA mm-hmm. now. Yeah. So. But that wait was X Men before or after the Simpsons game? Oh, um, good question. Yeah. That was same. Was that Konami as well? Yeah. I I'm, believe I'm it was a year sure, after. Yeah. yeah I right. think it was 92. Honestly, I, I, it could not be. I don't. I don't remember exactly. I feel like the uh, beat 'em up genre though is one of those that's hard to fuck up. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like what, uh, all the parts are there. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. look at, I mean, the few beat em ups that have been released, uh, you know, digitally over the last few years, like uh, Castle Crashers or uh, the Scott Pilgrim game, have all been met with pretty, mm-hmm. you know, favorable response. And mm-hmm. I feel like that's a genre that uh, it's pretty. It's, there's a pretty easy formula to, uh, you know, get success. In the Apparently, game. that Turtles in Time remake reshelled or whatever. They did not follow that formula. No, that's yeah, sure. Yeah. No, yeah. no. But, I kind of uh, wish talking about Turtles me. that they'd re-release uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two and just kind of update they... it. Yeah, I don't. Did that Do. happen? Or I, they, have? Uh, they did on Xbox. I'm pretty Live. sure they did. Yeah, are you talking about did? the arcade game? Yes. Yeah, yeah it's on Xbox yeah. Live. Okay, it's I been there for it. a long yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but uh, okay. yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, Jose. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> it's better. Uh, let's see. What am I? Uh, Although it, it might not be there because they recently they took, uh, took Turtles. It off. Okay. Yeah. 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 Turtles Two of the arcade is taken off. Uh, okay. If you had it. You still have it. See? Yeah. Relevant. Ha ha. Yeah. Wow. And uh, <laughs> the NES version yeah. is also off of uh, Virtual Console, which really? is, yeah. yeah. Oh, not a great game, but really great music. Wait, so. was it only the NES version of Turtles arcade game, or was it? Uh, I heard that they took the NES version off. I just assumed license mean, expired you, for everyone. They never had the Turtles 1. Like, they the did, tur- yeah. The, uh, the terrible water level. The really bad one is on Virtual the Console. The impossible water level with electric plankton. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. It was on Virtual Console, but not anymore. Okay. So, Man, yeah. that game was hard. So that's a problem. This is actually relevant. It sounds like we're just rambling, but the problem with these licensed games that are good is that we can't play them because it requires people to negotiate things with properties that might be a little more expensive now. Yeah, yeah. Well, but it seems uh, like that's even a problem with digital distribution, which was something we were bitching about with the... Oh, yeah, the, the PSP, PS, Yeah, Vita, the Vita, PSN, PSP situation where, like, certain games are available on Vita store, but then other games are available yeah. on PS3's store, and it's like, where do I get this and stuff? And then you have a whole different debate over, like, if these games are saved somewhere in a cloud or yeah. if, assist, if you have to be linked to a, you know, to a provider, then what happens if something happens with them? Mm-hmm. What happens if they mm-hmm. go out of business? I mean, if mm-hmm. you have a physical copy, no one's going to come to your house, mm-hmm. and you know, secret police are going to come in during the night <laughs> and like steal your copy of a game. Part of my <laughs> earthquake preparedness kit is a copy of Disney's Aladdin for the SNES. Uh, uh, does an SNES fit in your earthquake kit as well? It does. I had to get rid of some canned goods, but it's worth it. Okay. I had, for some reason, I'd find maybe this is my N64, uh, you know, you know roast tinted glasses, but 
I had fond memories of the South Park game, which was Turtle 64. Oh, yeah. With like, uh, oh, the one where you peed on an ice cream? Piss snowballs. Uh, not ice cream, uh, yeah, piss snowballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was like a turkey attack. Yeah. Uh, you had a fun multiplayer with a lot of, you know, I don't know. I didn't play that much of it. I just remember there being one enemy type per level. Yeah. yeah. It was very arcadey. The, uh, the just like swarms of enemies would come at you. Yeah. Is it like pre-horde mode uh, yeah. idea? Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. I feel like every, uh, every time I go on one of these rants, someone calls me out for just like... You ignoramus. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Tell me that, that game was terrible. Yeah, and we skipped like Golden Eye, and I'm sure there are other like yeah. 3D games that, you know, that hold that, it up. Wow, I guess yeah. the cynicism that that people tend to have towards licensed games now didn't definitely didn't exist then. Yeah. I don't um, know like what kind of legal hell a re-release of Golden Eye. Um, is tied up in, but you have to be an idiot to not realize how many people would buy that again in digital form. I mean, oh, wait it, a minute. It, what about it, Reloaded? What about... No, uh, no, that wasn't, no. That wasn't no, enough the, for you? The re-releasing exists asshole. somewhere. Like <laughs> the, screen, the screens have leaked of uh, Xbox Live, mm-hmm. PSN... I remember that. Yeah, Xbox Live especially because of Rare. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, yeah. was this a while ago? Uh, This was a while. This was was like two or three years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was like 2008. There were screens where it was like really nice versions of the facility and the complex. I think Uh, something is happening that we don't know about. That's very like um, complicated. I blame Pierce Brosnan. I blame George Lassenby. <laughs> and it's weird that to I guess to cash in on the idea that um that so many people would buy a GoldenEye remake, they just went ahead and remade it and hired a, a studio yeah, to do I it. Mean, I, I rather like, than just you know, come to terms and, you know, sign whatever contracts needed to be signed in order to make it happen. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean I, I realize that uh it's probably doesn't hold up very well. I haven't played it in probably yeah. a decade, but I think sure. it does. I and we don't know so. how much money's involved here too, because I mean that's that seems to be the thing that comes up with re releases and remakes in general is just how much is this gonna cost us and, yeah. and what's the most effective use of this kind of it thing. It seems like the, that that specific specific license for that specific game would just print money mm-hmm. as yeah. every as the expression is. It just feels like I don't even care that much about Goldeneye, but I would download it just to have that experience again because I played a lot of it in high school. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And it's one of, I mean, it, it gets more complicated the further down it goes because this is going to be rights for a port or, or a remake of a Nintendo 64 game, which are, is based on yeah, a movie, which yeah. is based on a book series. Yeah. yeah. And the movie is already... Oh, it's a tangled uh, the, web. The, the yeah. James Bond property is I kind of wish... And likeness yeah. rights, too. I kind of yeah. wish yeah. we could do a, a story where we just, like, track them, follow the money to, like, <laughs> yeah, where, yeah. who's getting what follow and how money. much. If I, yeah, get if I paid uh, this big $15 wide web of money. for a GoldenEye HD remake, yeah. who would get... Where is this $15 yeah, going? Yeah, Who's getting what portion? Richard Keel gets every penny. How much of it is Ian Fleming's wife getting? Yeah. Is he dead? Uh, yeah, he's been dead since the seventies. Wow, <laughs> and it feels <laughs> like this is a time. this is a recent topic too, just because I think within the last two months there was some story that was written on our site that was citing something that showed up on Rock Paper's Shotgun, I think, where uh, there it, it was kind of talking about how older games, older uh, just older games in general, like the money doesn't always even get back to the creators of those games yeah, when yeah. they're sold. Yeah, but you know the other weird trend, and me and you talked about this the other day, was that like now licensed games get an iPhone game or yeah. get an iPhone app. That's and true. That's yeah, where that like, attention is yeah. going. There's been two Simpsons games, yeah. I think. Yeah, recently yeah. there was yeah. an arcade yeah. game and one that's Hunger like Games. City. Is yeah. A, yeah, Hunger Games is a is a free. Uh, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's free. It's yeah, a free. It's yeah, a, yeah, it's, it's free. A, I downloaded it. Yeah, yeah, it's a free. Yeah, iPad it feels like an iPhone game. The new front for this stuff is social or like mobile games because it's it's not a huge investment and there's already a gigantic like pool of people waiting but to it's, i mean that's so strange especially the hunger games the fact that it's free is everyone knew this was gonna be a big movie they didn't realize it was gonna be i mean third biggest weekend of all time yeah that's that's still which shocking. is shocking yeah uh considering the quality released, yeah, yeah but they would have did it beat any of the star wars it beat all of the star wars Holy third biggest crap. weekend of all time uh after uh dark knight and uh 
Oh, shit. I don't know. One of the Harry Potters or something. Okay. Uh, it was the biggest first movie in a series ever. Uh, but, yeah, it's still a thing that blows my mind. I mean, even like uh, we've talked about uh, Twilight in the office before. I'm shocked yeah, Twilight yeah. doesn't have you, you a DS game. Or That'd be game yeah. a great dating sim. And, uh, I'm not even just, kidding. It would not be even kidding. easy to make it. It would be a great well, oh interesting. Yeah. yeah, Interesting thing on the Hunger Games front, too, with that game is that they got the guys who made Cannibal to make yeah. that thing. And that's I'm just like, wow, amazing. that's interesting. Do you know that, what it plays uh, like? Is it like I have it on here. No, it's like Cannibal. You're consistently moving to the right. Yeah, and it's controlled by swipes. Or it's like Temple Run. Yeah, it's like... It's a lot like Temple okay. Run as well, where like well, that's, that's uh, you're using accessible. like native, yeah, you're using very native iPhone like yeah. swipes and and taps to, to get things done. Hmm. So, interesting. Yeah, but it but it's interesting how like okay, all this like there's it almost feels like there's no money in making licensed movie license or, or just super like high paid licensed video games anymore. Like, yeah. What was the most recent one that we saw? Uh, Spider Man's getting Amazing one. Spider Man's. Yeah. I mean, uh, recent release that in the uh, past. Oh, it feels like there hasn't yeah. been a lot recently or uh, i haven't looked closely enough i mean because because our site has kind of dialed back to on trying That's to cover true, everything yeah. we're not gonna be reviewing yeah, yeah. Yeah. like Three. uh we yeah. had uh Captain America games last summer. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, what was Mike Nelson's uh, review? Uh, no, that for... was. Oh yeah, and then Mike had uh, Mike had a review X Men and Spider Man games. Yeah. yeah, and a weird thing, uh, and I don't know. I'm pretty sure this is right, but I remember the last game I remember that was movie licensed in some way. And I know we keep jumping between licensed to movie license, but this one yeah. specifically a movie licensing that did really well and surprised the shit out of me was the Iron Man game. And yeah. I was just like, yeah. how the hell? Like, but this was still during that transition period when people were just getting 360s and HD was still yeah, just kind of like gearing something up something to do yeah but yeah. Um, they still you know it still sold really well yeah mm-hmm. we just uh news just leaked of uh you know uh last or a couple days ago last week you went and bob went and saw uh epic mickey 2 yeah um and he saw the console version which uh you know you can read his preview on the site but uh, it just leaked that there's going to be a 3ds version of epic mickey and it's going to be a spiritual successor of uh castle of illusion for the sega genesis which mm. was released in 1990 I believe. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, and so it's going to be this, you know, side-scrolling, very retro game. And, and you know, I was wondering if the, is is this the way to go about it? Mm-hmm. You know, it, there, there's three different paths. There's the, you know, Epic Mickey 2 that Bob saw path, which is a high-budget, you know, a lot of names associated to it, big risk game. Mm-hmm. There's what Jose was saying with a free iPhone app or a dollar iPhone. Yeah, you know, a premium model, a way that you'll still make money even exactly, if it's free. Exactly, yeah. you know, that someone, as soon as mm-hmm. they leave the theater, if they dug the movie, they can go onto iTunes and buy the game. Or is it a smaller studio making a handheld game that draws inspirations from the past? Yeah. I like the middle idea. I, I almost, I'm curious to see how this Spider-Man game is going to do. Yeah. Being that uh, it's by, uh, I think the company's name is Beanox, and they handled a, a really good Spider-Man game yeah. maybe two years ago, and yeah. then the last one was sort of okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One with the time travel stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, let's see. Maybe that'll prove yeah. us wrong and say, hey, there's still an audience that wants to buy, like, big, high-budget, like, console experiences like that tied to a movie. Mm-hmm. But uh, it, it's just weird. Like, it feels like that has dialed down a lot, and it's yeah. all going to other places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much like every other game in the world. Mm. Let's end on that note. Oh, <laughs> yeah, my God. The saddest, the saddest note. Ever. Stay tuned. Uh, in 10 years, Trent will be covering uh, Farmville, right? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I remember Farmville when it was called Harvest Moon. Wah, wah. Oh. Take that, whatever your name is, company. Yeah. Let's wrap things up. Uh, we are at Retronauts on Twitter, uh, and you guys can give out your Twitter accounts if you want. I am Bob Servo on Twitter, B-O-B-S-E-R-V-O. I am uh, McBiggity, M-C-B-I-G-G-I-T-T-Y. Uh, Jose. Jose underscore Otero so my last name O-T-E-R-O 
Also, please subscribe to our blog. Oh, wait, and if you spell oh, Jose with an H, something's wrong with you. Yes, please. Uh, you should actually create a separate Twitter account that would just yell at people, like, learn Don't how fuck. to spell some names. So, yes, please subscribe to our blog. We have two different URLs. One uh, was alerted to me by a viewer or a listener, rather. I'm not sure if he made it or if this is, has existed in the site. But if you go to oneupblogs.com slash retronauts, you can visit our blog. Or you can go to retronauts.com, spelled R-E-T-R-O-K-N-O-T-S.com. We do a blog post for each episode, excuse me, a blog post for each episode, and I will list track listing for all the music you hear. And we have tons of other great posts about uh, not related episodes. So please check out our blog. That's oneup.blogs. God, oneupblogs.com slash retronauts or R-E-T-R-O-K-N-O-T-S dot com. And there, as always, there's some new reviews in the iTunes Music Store. Thanks, and keep them coming. And just remember, if you didn't hear our contest last um, week in that special mini-episode, go ahead and listen to it, but I'll remind you again. Please write and review the show for iTunes Music Store and include the word Fandango in your review, and you'll be entered in a contest where the grand prize winner will get to choose a topic and be on the show for a call-in segment. I so am please. disappointed, sir. You could have used that that uh, commercial that you made and pop, pop, pop that in oh. right here. Hey, I can still put it at the end. This, okay. is, just, this is just wrapping up. So, okay, okay. yes, please remember to rate and review the show if you haven't. And if you do, use the word Fandango in your review body somewhere. And that will enter you in the drawing, whether you like it or not. So, that's basically it. And let's plug some stuff. I... Actually, let me make one more mention. I don't need a five-star review. Please review this show honestly. I'm not trying to bribe you with uh, this grand prize, which is uh, cost. Oh, cost God. Effective. How many five stars did you get? From, uh, they from usually all, all are five stars. I don't think anyone reviews the show unless they, unless they uh, don't like it. No one has hated it, so that's good. So let's plug some stuff. This is uh, If you're listening to this on Thursday or Friday, you probably have seen a lot of our 90s articles. I wrote yeah. an article about all of Bill Clinton's um, appearances in video game form, and there are not a lot, but they're all very memorable. And I recommend you check that out. Marty, what are you doing? Uh, all the 90s articles are great. I also recommend uh, earlier this week, uh, Chris Pereira, our news guy, wrote uh, a piece about a Chrono Trigger remake. A oh, fan, nice. Uh, a fan remake, and they're trying to stay off the grid by uh, not linking it to a website, not giving their real names, possibly distributing it via torrents down the road. Um, <laughs> Security. I like, I like this. I personally like this. Yeah, I like it because Square cool. does not treat their properties with that respect. And it's an HD update, right? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to make a lot of money off it, but this is like a labor of love. So well, if they cool. could put it over torrents, they're probably not going to make any money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, cool, I've purchased Chrono Trigger like five times, and I will download the HD version. So Absolutely. You're part <laughs> of the problem, Bob. You're part, I'm part of it, I enjoy that too. problem. Yeah. Jose, what are you working on? I am working on some infographics that will tie to the 90s specifically to like cost of like game prices then versus now adjusting for inflation as well which some of them are really fucking terrifying i do want to see that yeah Yeah. it's it's pretty freaking scary and uh i don't know probably a review here or there cool well that is it for us and we will see you guys in two weeks Everybody, it's me, Bob Mackey. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
try that again. <laughs> the like phlegm just creeping up my can throat. We just, can we just keep this <laughs> just intro? Just, just smother out it. the words. Just keep it. it uh, is worth this, keeping. this might be at the end as a blooper. Mm, okay. okay.